Hello, my friend. My name is Haley Peters. I am your host of At the Bedside, and I am so happy that you're here. This podcast, I want this to be a safe space for us to come together and talk, to share our stories, to empower each other, to educate each other, and to help each other learn to heal from the things that are hard to talk about. Welcome to this week's episode of At the Bedside. I'm here with my friend Mariah. I think that it's been like what, like two or three years now that we've like been connected on Instagram. I feel like it's been since I had Avery, which, and she's almost two. So (laughs) it's been a couple years, but we connected on Instagram and kind of just stayed friends and stayed in touch that way. Um, And I think before we even get into your birth story, I am going to need you to share like time management tips because I swear you do so many things. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you, you know, kind of introduce yourself a little better, but you know, you're a military spouse, you have a toddler, you have like your blog and your Instagram page and your craft business and you partnered with body with me and you're like doing all these things. And it's just, it's really cool to see. Um, so I'm happy that you're here and that you're going to share with us and excited for, you know, where this conversation goes. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm Mariah and I'm, I am a military spouse, so I'm moving, I'm in the process of moving right now. Um, I have two businesses. Um, I'm a freelance graphic designer and I sell graphic design, um, things, but I also have a craft business. I sell stickers. Um, and since having my son, I started doing a lot more mom products so stickers um breastfeeding and breast pump stickers um and just mom stickers planners um things like that i'm still getting into it um yeah i i don't know how i do so much i get stressed <laughs> out a lot and actually this year like one of my goals for this year was to try and simplify my life and everything i do so i'm trying to figure out how to cut things out how to you know, just figure out what I like most and how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big piece of advice that I got was my husband says it all the time. He's like, you know, instead of being a people pleaser, you have to ask yourself, are the people pleasing you? (laughs) (laughs) Or you say yes to something, is it going to make you happy? And I'm like, you know, I need to apply that in my life a lot more because I tend to try to do all of the things all the time. Yeah, I am definitely that way. And I like to try everything. I'm still, you know, I'm still figuring out life. I, you know, I did college, but I still don't know what I want to be doing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went to school. I'm still working in the nursing field, but the hospital I was working at shut down and I was only like a bedside nurse for two years. And so I feel like I kind of got thrown into, all right, you got to figure out what you're going to do now. And like all right but I went to school for this and now we're over here but it's fun (laughs) so I I'm excited to have you on I your son is a little bit older than than my daughter I think how old is he just a little bit I think he turns two in November at the beginning of November okay so like a month yeah her birthdays I thought they were pretty close (laughs) okay cool um so yeah, I know that I've heard a little bit of your birth story. Um, you've shared it on Instagram in the past, and I know that I remember tuning in and listening, but I'd just like for you to kind of walk us through, you know, as much or as little as you want to share and 
and how things went and, and kind of just talk about it. Okay. I, I tend to share a lot and take a while. So I'll, you know, <laughs> but okay. at the same time, I feel like I can't, there's so much I, I don't remember because there's so, you know, there's so much. I feel like my husband can almost tell it better, but <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it was not what I expected. And just from, you know, watching, reading other birth stories and stuff, I was expecting to kind of go into labor and just like chill and watch a movie or, you know, something, but um, <laughs> Um, it did not go like that. So it already wasn't going from the beginning. You know, they say, oh, it never goes as planned. Well, yeah, straight out of it. So um, we were actually going to bed. Um, I didn't want him to be born on Halloween. So Halloween had passed and I was like happy and it was the next day. <laughs> um, but that night we were, um, my husband was already in bed because he has to wake up super early. Um, and I had like, I had laid in the bed and like less than a minute later, I just heard this like really loud pop yeah. and it scared me so bad. And I looked at my husband cause I was so surprised it didn't wake him up. That's how loud it was. I like, it was a balloon popping and there was no doubt in my mind, like, okay, my water broke. Like there's, it couldn't have been anything else. Yeah. So I like, I like ran to the bathroom. I ran back and woke up my husband. I said, it's okay, but my water broke. <laughs> you know like, I don't want him to with. panic <laughs> yeah like it's okay and I wanted him to just like keep sleeping while I kind of like chilled because I still was expecting like just chill for a little bit and just see how things go um but of course he like couldn't really go back to sleep <laughs> and he was hearing me up and everything so he just got up and I had like an app that counted um or timed your contractions and stuff so we were using that and um my contractions were so weird like they would come for a I mean I remember sitting there with my husband he was timing them and it had been almost two minutes and he's like has it ended like and I was like no it hasn't like it was like they were super long and then I'd have like a break um so he just started packing the car because we're like well they'll they'll take us anyway because my water broke so he just started packing the car um it was I remember it was pouring rain because we had to leave our dog he's an outside dog and he was sadly left out in the rain <laughs> um, <laughs> under a table so he was okay but um so we packed up it was about one o'clock in the morning when we left um the house and went to the hospital and, and um it was still you know the midst of COVID so they they put a mask on me wheeled me in and eventually got my husband up there. Um, I don't remember that part as much, but I know they tested to see, make sure my water had broken, um, tested me for COVID and asked me like what I wanted. And I asked for like the um, nitrous, um, the gas and air, um, just, you know, to see how things went. I knew that once your water broke, like labor was a little more intense, but I don't think I... I really knew and I still don't because I didn't experience labor before my water broke yeah. but um I just did the best I could I wanted to try and see how you know as little intervention as possible and everything um I didn't want to be asked if I you know wanted an epidural or drugs or anything um but the first nurse I had 
I did not like her. <laughs> All my nurses were great, except the first one. She really kind of annoyed me. And this is why I'm so glad I educated myself before. And I think that's a really important thing for women to do because yeah. I've heard so many stories of women who weren't um, educated on, on their rights or just a lot of different things um, or even just how to prepare yourself. You know, if you just plan on getting an epidural and then for some reason can't, you have nothing in your toolbox to help you through labor. So I'm really glad I educated myself a lot beforehand um, because this nurse kept asking me, you know, if I, what I wanted, what, and um, I was in a lot of pain. So she kept asking me if I wanted more things, which I didn't want to be asked. Um, <laughs> and I wanted, um, I decided I, you know, I was in a lot of pain. I wanted Demerol, but she, she ended up giving me fentanyl and that's not what I wanted, first of all, but I couldn't think of the name of anything else. And she's like, oh, I'll give this to you. And so I said, yes. And she's like, oh, you'll be able to sleep in no time. This will work really great. Um, and half an hour goes by and it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and I had very intense back labor the whole time. I knew I was going to have back labor. Um, I just, I knew I would <laughs> and I did. And it was, it was really awful and nothing was, was helping. So, um, this nurse's shift was ending. So we had been there. Um, we got there at one in the morning. This was probably like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And I finally said, okay, I want the, I want to get an epidural. And she told me, okay, but just so you know, you can't eat or drink anything, which I knew was wrong. Well, I'm glad I, I educated myself. So I ignored her. Um, and I said, I wanted a low dose epidural. And she said that no such thing existed. <laughs> and, um, oh, and, and so I, I forgot this part, but she, um, she had checked me when I got to the hospital and I, I was at, um, like a five and uh -huh. we're um, like in there. <laughs> yeah. Like my water broke and it was, I was like there, I don't even think I experienced like early labor. <laughs> it was just instant um but she I was about a five and then it was you know eight or nine in the morning before I got the bedroll I wanted to see you know where I was at and sure. she told me I was about the same maybe a five and a half and that was like really frustrating to hear because I was in a lot more pain I'm like how am I at the same thing <laughs> so anyway I that's why I decided I'm like I need to rest I've been up for you know all day all night um, so I decided to get it and she told me, you know, there's no such thing as a low dose epidural or whatever. And then her shift was over. <laughs> and when the, when the anesthesiologist came in, um, I just, I was like, I want to make sure that I can get like a low dose one. And he said, yes, it, it's easy. Um, and I asked if I could eat and drink after I had it. And he said, yes. And so, you know, just to double check my knowledge. Um, so all went well there and I was able to rest for about an hour maybe two um and that was really nice I slept for a little bit and I think I hope my husband got to sleep a little bit he was up more than I was um <laughs> I was waking up I feel, <laughs> no I'm like I feel bad for him but I don't know <laughs> um and I had I had also um been listening to hypnobirthing tracks I really liked um I read a lot of hypnobirthing books, um, well, a couple, and then I had um, tracks on my phone to listen to the whole time, and that definitely helped as well. Wow. Um, 
So I got about an hour or two of rest and then the the back pain came back. And um, so I wasn't, I couldn't feel my left leg at all, which I hated, <laughs> but I could feel almost everything else. So I could still feel like all the back labor. Um, I couldn't feel them checking me, which I was glad for that because I didn't, didn't like that. But <laughs> um I still could feel like all the pain so I was in like just so much pain my nurse was constantly like rolling me into different positions trying to help me feel comfortable um and then somewhere this is where I get mixed up of how everything happened but somewhere in there I was using you know a peanut ball just trying all these things to help things progress and um I was laying there kind of a little bit more relaxed and my nurse ran in kind of panicked and then like five more nurses all came in and she said, I don't want you to worry, but the baby's heart rate keeps dropping. And so they were turning me onto different sides, trying different things. And every time they took the peanut ball away, he, his heart rate would like go back. So we're like, like, okay, no peanut ball. Um, That thing is amazing too. I know. I'm like, what the heck? I can't do any, you know, everything's not going as planned, but, um, um, but they had like rushed in again, or I don't know, maybe this was later, but, um, they found out. So earlier I had mentioned, um, my contractions were like all at once. It turns out they would just come. Like I had no idea this was possible. They just came like three in a row and then a break and three in a row. So, and it was just like that. I had no idea contractions could be weird like that I thought that they were just consistent and that's how it was <laughs> um, but apparently not so what was happening is my water had broke and I didn't have any fluid left and um, every time those contractions came it was stressing out the baby and so and um, pinching his cord and stuff so they ended up using amnio infusion I also didn't know that existed wow. um, basically pumping fake amniotic fluid back in to help cushion everything for him and that ended up helping a lot so um I felt kind of weird being attached to like so many tubes and everything (laughs) but it was working out um and just still in so much pain but I think it was about it was that evening maybe four or five in the evening or something um I got another nurse and I was like I've already been through three nurses when am I gonna have this baby you know um and this nurse Mm -hmm. came and (laughs) I really did not like her at first she looked at me she like sat down next to my husband and just watched me in pain and I was so mad at her I was like why aren't you helping me the last nurse was constantly trying to make me comfortable and she just watched me and watched me and didn't say anything and I was like probably screaming at her and stuff but she looked at me and she's like okay I need you there are two positions you're gonna have to you have to do them and I was like fine so I did one and it was so painful I was like no we're not doing this so we tried the second one even though I said no I already tried that and it was really painful but she made me do it anyway (laughs) and I was really mad but she ended up being like just an angel in this whole thing um because I guess uh Enoch my son his his hands were up I think so that's why he kept getting stuck and um so she had me do something that 
essentially had him go back and reposition um and it was like so so painful and I think I was on my hands and knees for like two hours in like so much pain and I wouldn't let my husband leave my side he was counting my breaths (laughs) for me just for like two hours (laughs) I also feel bad for that sometimes he was counting up to eight and back down for like two hours um but eventually things um moved along and um I was able to get back up and they finally called my doctor he I guess wasn't really convinced so he wasn't they couldn't get him to come in but he finally did (laughs) and I know I barely saw my doctor I don't know but he finally came in and he's like okay um he's like just barely barely stuck so they asked if they could use the vacuum thing and I said it was okay and um and he said that he barely even used it. He just needed a tiny little tweak and he let my husband deliver him too, which was really awesome experience for my husband. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's basically that I was stitched up. I didn't tear like super badly, but um, I had an internal tear that was pretty bad. We stayed in the hospital for a couple extra days um, for me and for my son, so Hey, just pop it in for a quick second to tell you about this amazing, amazing website called ihelpmoms.com. I have been a coach on this website for a while now, and it just makes me so happy to share this website with other moms. This is a place where you can come for one-on-one care and support from coaches who are there for you in every aspect from newborn care and support to breastfeeding, to potty training, to maternal mental health, to child behavior, to starting a business as a mom. Whatever you need, there is a coach there that is ready and able to book a one-on-one call with you to help. It is an incredible, affordable resource, and it makes me so happy to share it. I personally primarily provide coaching and postpartum care, newborn care, and breastfeeding, and I wanted to let you know that I am often offering a free 10 minute consultation for listeners of at the bedside podcast. So make sure that you go in. I will share my link in the show notes. Let me know what you want to talk about. You can send me a message right on the site. Let me know that you listen to this podcast by saying at the bedside and we will get our call books and get you all squared away while you're there. Make sure you look around and check out everything the site has to offer. It is an amazing abundance of resources. Did he need any like support after delivery? You said, or, or were they just like monitoring him as well? Um, he had jaundice okay. and wasn't eating super well. Um, oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he also had to see some specialists because he was born with his tongue was crooked. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah, he has a, just a rare, they're deciding now two years later that it's just, was probably a birth defect, yeah. but his, his tongue, um, when he sucked, it was kind of sideways. So he had kind of some trouble with nursing and, and eating. So he had jaundice and they kept him a couple days. Um, and I had had some symptoms of, uh, postpartum, um, I don't remember what it's called. Postpartum preeclampsia or something. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. Um, and I ended up being okay, but yeah, they kept us a couple extra days. Yeah. That's something I don't think, at least in my experience working with women that a lot of people don't realize is that you can develop preeclampsia postpartum. Like, yeah, I had no idea. The writers don't tell you that. They tell you to worry about it all through pregnancy. But they don't tell you that it can like come on really hard postpartum. Um, so that's, yeah. 
that's something that I think needs to be talked about more. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so many th- there's so many things I didn't know existed before, and I think that we do need to know about. Yeah, I think you you hit on that too. Kind of going back to where it's kind of unfortunate that women have to like do their own education and do their own research, but it's 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 a reality that you have to like take that responsibility on yourself because yeah. there's some great providers out there, but sometimes they just let you go in clueless. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's important to go into labor, you know, with a mindset of not just letting whatever happens happen to you. Like yeah. be an active, like you need to be the one making decisions. You know, obviously there's life-saving measures that, they may have to do to save you and the baby, but you should still be an active participant in those decisions. Yes, for sure. And there, you know, there's courses you can take, books you can read, but you still like, you know, it's not going to go as planned. So have a plan, but be prepared to not follow that plan. Kind (laughs) of like the hope for the best, expect the worst type of thing. Yeah. So just be prepared the best yeah. you can for sure yeah so with kind of going back back and forth um with his like does he have any problems eating now or is he, he, like... he doesn't oh, actually um yeah he drank um he did nurse a little bit for four months and then I stopped and I just I pumped for a few more months after that and he drank from a bottle fine but he did um he had a some specialists for the first year and he had swallow tests done and MRIs he kind of did everything done he was a a medical mystery for a little while (laughs) (laughs) but it seems to be okay now um they're a little worried about his speech development so they just told us to keep an eye on that as his speech develops to make sure that he doesn't have any issues with that but that's kind of it he his tongue is still kind of it doesn't curl to one side anymore but one side (laughs) it it looks a little bit bigger and just kind of looks lopsided almost (laughs) gotcha I think that you know that does about sum it up one thing I keep thinking of and I post this a lot on my social media so you've probably seen it a lot um that I didn't know about before is DMER Mm -hmm. and I like that's something I'm huge on like telling people about because nobody talks about it nobody knows it's a thing um and I didn't know until I think I brought something up with a friend that like oh I don't feel like I have postpartum depression like I'm I do get anxious a lot but I said when I'm when I'm pumping and breastfeeding, like it's just terrible. And at night, like waking up in the night to pump was the worst. Like I just want to cry and it's, you know, it's awful. And she said, Oh no, I think there's a thing that happens. Like when, when you're breastfeeding that that can happen. And so I started looking it up and doing research and found out about it. So I think that that's something I, that would be really hard to deal with if you didn't know what it was. And it also made me feel better. Like when I stopped, it, it's hard when you stop breastfeeding. Like even 
though at the same time you're like glad <laughs> I don't know it's like it's like bittersweet so but that also made me feel better I'm like this it was such an increase in my mental health that I could be there more for him and be a better mom because I'm mentally a little bit better with without it so yeah I mean the the DMER that's something that I mean even going to school for nursing and being in labor and delivery and postpartum that's something that I did not learn about until I had a baby myself and it's like just because I had like came up on a post or somebody mentioned it one day and it's like I didn't even know this was a thing like why is this not talked about I, I I imagine there's so many women that stop breastfeeding because they feel that way and they don't know that it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's still not a lot of research or anything on it, but we know that it's a thing now. And I think it is important to know. And if you like, if your goal is to keep breastfeeding, but you know, you have it, you know, you can find ways to to cope and at least you know something isn't like wrong with you or that you have like a weird postpartum depression or something but that you know you're just experiencing you know this instead and I you know my way of coping was every time I pumped I just I would watch my Netflix show mm. <laughs> and that always that always helped you know if I was able to be alone while I pumped then I would always just watch a show and that always helped me cope with it ah. Well, like you said, I mean, the biggest thing, if you know, you're somebody that feels like that or somebody that has that is just knowing you're not alone, like knowing that other people are having those feelings and other people are going through the same thing. It, you know, makes you feel like there's not something wrong with you because there's not. Yeah. And it was hard, like the first couple months when I didn't know what it was and I didn't know about it, it, it was really hard to deal with. And just that because it it really is like a severe like depression feeling every time you're you're feeding and it almost you know you want to you associate that with feeding your baby and everything and you don't want that negative association or anything so yeah um but you know no just knowing and knowing you're not alone and and it is actually a pretty common thing as far as i know so yes yeah. i think important for you know to know about yeah, absolutely. Just wanted to thank you for being here and being vulnerable and, and sharing your story. I will share your Instagram handle in the show description. That way people can follow you and check out all of the amazing things that you make and, and sell um, and kind of just get to know you better if they want to. Um, make sure you're also following at the dot bedside on Instagram to get updates and to know when new episodes are released. Um, And we will see you next time. Thanks for being here.